0: Okay, hey, welcome to this week's episode of Kuden Radio, the podcast for us, right? So serious martial artists, self-defense uh, students, uh, you know, those of us who want to use these, uh, these lessons to create the life that we've always dreamed of living or we want to be doing living more of, right? And having those skills and abilities necessary for, for protecting that life from anything that might harm it so that 's what i 've distilled down over uh We 're not talking about how many decades <laughs> of training <clears throat> anyway so um uh, i've been thinking about this idea of uh, warriorship, and you know we 've been talking about a bunch of um different things personality traits uh hindrances, those kind of things um, but I want to make sure that. I want to make sure that I'm not losing folks who need things to be dressed up a certain way. Right. So tonight we'll specifically talk about one of the lineages. That way I can throw in some Japanese language and uh, we'll talk about things uh, directly from the scrolls. Right. That way. Right. It, I don't know. It kind of helps those who need that. Right. To be to be happy, to be satisfied uh, with the training, because sometimes, uh, in, well, very often in these, uh, episodes, uh, I mention things along the way, but, um, you know, it's not, it's not always wrapped in a nice package for folks that need things to be packaged a certain way. And I, I, I believe that most of you are not that way, especially those of you who have been binge listening to these things. Um, you know, and we really appreciate it. Um, but. I want to make sure that, uh, you know, if, if that's what it takes for people to tune in, then uh, then that's fine. Right. Uh, but what we're going to be doing uh, during this episode is taking a look at a key principle that shows up uh, in both the the battlefield. Right. The combat kind of training side of things and the life mastery side of things, excuse me, within the Gilko school. And, um, you know, how this kind of stuff has has kind of popped up and how it often is confusing to people who uh, tend to approach the training from a very lopsided, uh, unbalanced way, right? Uh, they're actually contradicting um, the lessons, right? But anyway, uh, we'll talk about that and more after we officially get started. So the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us Concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world. How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kudan Radio, real training for real people in a real world. All right, and we're back. Episode 198. Two more, right? Two more weeks, James. Uh That should be, what, mid-March, we will hit episode 200. So, um I don't know. I don't know what we're planning to do. I'm not going to dress up like a ninja elf going to Mardi Gras or anything like that, because Mardi Gras is already over. So, well, you've missed your chance. Anyway, I don't know what I'm going to do. Anyway, but um we'll pop things in and, and see how it goes. Anyway, uh so quick admin things here before we get started. And again, for those of you who are listening to this, I don't know, at least past, uh, February 28th of 2024, then at least one of these won't matter. Um, but I'm to get these things out so that they're, uh, they're ready to go. And you know what? Even before I do that, um, again, I, I'd really, really appreciate if folks could, w- would, whatever platform you're on, right? Uh, give these things like a thumbs up, give it a like, uh, share it, right? Don't get distracted by things or whatever, but help us get this information out to others who are looking for this kind of thing and could benefit from it. Right. Um, I couldn't care less if it ends up on somebody's scroll feed um, that has a completely different perspective or perspective on what's right or how things should be done or what's official or whatever. Um, They're not the ones that, that I'm doing this stuff for. Right. So I'm doing this stuff for folks that are looking for, um, you know, deep level understanding of things. Right. So, anyway, um admin number 1 is uh, a quick reminder because this will be a la- our last chance uh to get this out to most of you, right? If you're not on one of our email lists or uh you're not in one of the uh the programs that we have like Nimbo mastermind or the Realm of the Warrior Tactician that we've uh well, that's rounding up here in the next 2 weeks. Um you're not in any of those, right? Uh this Wednesday Right. So two days, two nights from now, right, from seven to nine PM Eastern time, uh, I am doing a foundations of shoot again mastery, uh, workshop. One, because people have been asking for things like this, right? Uh, two, it's going to be a new kickoff on a weapon series that I'll be doing. Uh, and three, um, especially concerning the shoot again, I'm tired of people throwing things like it's a damn frisbee, right? Um, or like they're going to uh, Joe Cool, Billy Bob's uh, axe throwing, live bait and, um, you know, live barbecue or live barbecue. That would be I hear a, lot, a lot of screaming anyway. So uh, what I mean by that is this stuff was designed to be used against an assailant who was in motion, not a stationary target. Does that mean? You know, of course not. Right. Of course. Right? You gotta you gotta start someplace. So we're gonna be looking at that. Uh we're gonna be looking at two ways to translate the word should again. We're gonna be looking at um, uh everything from how to hold it for throwing two different uh throwing methods, and I don't mean horizontal and vertical. Um actually two horizontal methods for throwing it, right? Um and what else are we doing? Handheld use, right? Um it's going to fly by, right? The two hours are going to fly by. We're going to get as much in there as possible, but anybody that signs up for it, I'm also giving them a copy of my, a digital copy of my uh, Ninja or my Shuriken uh, training manual, right? Which will, which goes into things much more deeply and, and things that we're not going to be able to fit into the workshop, but either way, right? That's, that's their uh, online ninja forward slash events is where you find all this stuff, but there's that. And then also our spring, camp is now on the schedule and so uh that is april twenty sixth, 27th and 28th and there is a what is it a 30 percent discount something like that that's going on right now uh if people get enrolled before uh, march 1st i think right so um anyway so that's it get that stuff out of the way right pay the bills right because these free things for everybody are not free for me um uh, but Either way, right? So, anyway, alright, so, um, we are gonna be talking about, uh, a principal concept from the Gilko school, right? Uh, the Gyoko you. right? Um, and we're gonna look at it from two different sides. So, if you've been, li- if you've, you know, are, are a regular, right? If you're a follower, listener, uh, you've, you will have heard me speak on several of these concepts. Obviously, I'm gonna to have to kind of catch it up because every episode I kind of have to do this as though I'm doing it for the first time for folks, because there are folks on for the first time. But, um, for a lot of you, a lot of these things will start to tie together. They'll start to connect, which is a cool thing. Right. Um, but here's the thing, right. Uh, we have talked about in the past about, uh, well, there's a question that's actually on the curriculum, uh, for my students, uh, between white belt and, uh, Shodan, first three black belt. I believe it's in mod four. um, where we ask the question what's the difference between a fighter, a soldier and a warrior? Is that mod four? James And yeah. James you can't see James right now. he's just lurking in the background nodding. I can see him. you can't see him. So anyway um, so there is there's uh, perspective differences there's 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 a shit ton of difference right um, But what we're talking about are things that that are not on the den show. I, what, what, it's been my experience over the last 40 plus years just in this martial art um, that most people, by and large, want to focus on what's on the dent show, which is the step by step kind of written out techniques as though that's the lineage. No, the techniques are what the principles and concepts embodied and focused on by that lineage look like. In a combat situation, right? But there's a whole other side to things, right? And all those principles and concepts and what the what what the, like like the fuel behind, right? The fuel behind the vehicle, so to speak, right? Um, is on the makimono, right? Is is in a whole different section, right? And so, but it but that that doesn't just hold like it, it's not instructions for how to do the kata, right? It's important pieces like gyokuryu, right? Um, Gyokuryu techniques tend to finish with a stomping action, right? On the person's body or a collapsing colliding action. And this isn't unique to to Gyokoryu. There are several lineages that we have within the Bujinkan that have this kind of thing, but you'll often see a heel stomp kick um, while there's a konsetsu right? A a joint lock on the arm, pinning the person in place. And then there's this heel stomp kick, uh, rib cage uh big old pocket uh you know in the armpit where you're accessing the lungs and all kinds of uh, nerve bundles and whatnot uh sternum head whatever right, and it's to debilitate the person once they're down right so this is one of those little core things right um there's a bunch of things like this, right every school has them, but this is a this is a go to you thing. Another principle of go to you is uh, moving at the absolute last second. Right. Um, so it's like a trap. Right. Uh, and if you understand the, the, the thing there, and I'm, I'm sure most of you do. Right. If you understand what's happening there, this isn't just to catch them off balance with their body. This is to catch their mind and then let that cascade into an emotional kind of thing. Right. Because. The, the harder or the the more movements we have to do or they have to do, right, the more frustration that occurs because there's more things that can go wrong, right? Uh, the more, what's that old saying? The more complicated the pipes or the more complicated the plumbing, the easier it is to stop up the pipes, so to speak, right? So um, the more moves you have to do, the more uh, complicated things are that equates to more frustration, more anxiety that then equates to actual physical tension. Right. Which equates to the body not being able to move as quickly right? as it would if we didn't have that kind of stuff going on. Right. So there are all these little cool things that are in there. Um But I want to take a look at something tonight that like a lot of these, but this one's much more obvious, I think, crosses over. The bridge between the Tiger Realm and the Dragon Realm, right? So for those of you who aren't, aren't familiar with those, for those of you who are, you have to pardon me for a second so I can get everybody else caught up. But the Tiger Realm is a reference to the uh, the side of our training, the skill sets that are for the battlefield, that are for the back alley, right? That's the stuff that most people focus on, right? Self-defense, fighting, whatever, right? All the cool weapons, all the cool tools, right? But the Dragon Realm um, are the skill sets needed to be successful in society, in a relationship, in your family? Right. And many more, one of which we'll talk about tonight. Right. So uh there there's a saying and and there's a, it's not that you won't find these things in Koto to you as well, because Koto and Gyoko are complementing opposites. Right. It was it was a singular body of knowledge that was passed down at a certain point. Right. They were. The stuff was was uh, cataloged and and formatted and laid out to produce these two schools, right? But there, if if you understand what you're looking at, right, as you go up through the gyokoryu, you, you hit what looks like the top, but there's almost like a metamorphosis where you end up in the Kotoyu, or Kotoyu stuff. Same thing, Kotoyu, right? Coming up through and what looks like the highest level stuff there is actually kind of the start of the you right? So uh, um, you know, and and again, most people you know, the, the stuff really has been changed over the years for the masses, right? I mean, how had some say had a goal of getting a certain number of people into this art, right? Um, one of the things you have to do, whether anybody thinks this is fair or not, this is basic human psychology and a ninja master understanding how to use that to accomplish a goal. And that is um, formulating or laying things out in a way that will draw the most number of people. Right? Okay? I don't have the same number of people in my, uh, in my programs because I don't regurgitate, I don't throw up dozens or hundreds of techniques, right? In our, te- in our, our, uh, modules, right? We have a couple of example techniques. We have keyholes and variations, but There's not just this shit. Right. If you go go to a self-defense website where they're promising, you know, uh, to teach you one or six or whatever techniques that within 30 minutes, you'll be able to kick the ass of any attacker ever. Right. Uh, And you buy that for twelve ninety five. There's immediately an upsell where they're going to give you 30 or 300 or whatever more techniques. What the fuck? Excuse my language. But. If the six you were just selling me for twelve ninety five were going to handle any attacker in 30 minutes or less, what the hell do I need these for? But people buy them like hotcakes. And then the next upsell is, oh, by the way, here's a weapons DVD with 50 or 500 techniques or whatever. And, you know, for 27 95 or whatever, right? You can get that. People buy that shit left and right. There's people in this in this art that have programs where here's 30 years worth of techniques and 30 you know whatever training and stuff for the low low price of well great most people barely have enough time to fucking do their san and qianpo practice during a week but they buy it with no thought right so I mean, but there's a difference between having it and being able to use it. It's kind of like Ichimonji no kata, right? It's a difference between being able to duplicate a dojo and understanding what that is a model of, what it's an example of, right? Let's translate kata, right? And it's a kihon, right? Part of the kihonapo. It's a kihon. What does kihon mean? Well, since a kihon means fundamental. Well, great. There's a huge difference between being able to translate a word and understanding what's being meant. I just had a discussion with somebody online about uh, this kind of thing. And we we were on the same sheet of music, but it just happened to be one of these these things where, uh, you know, people were talking about. Uh, oh, as a matter of fact, it was it was on climate stuff. Right. And I'm, I'm you know, I have my own stuff based on my own research and whatnot. Um But people jump on that bandwagon like the solutions that are being postulated are one size fits all. You imagine, okay, your wife or husband or whatever goes out to the store and buys an outfit and comes home and goes, hey, we can share, okay? And you may be in that group that that's okay for, but, right, there's also other things that are, are other ramifications are coming out of that. But the discussion we had was based on whether it's wind, whether it's sun or whatever, there are certain ge- geographical areas on this planet, right? Even in, in the United States, right? Where those things are going to work and in other places, not so much, right? Because they don't have the same winds that are, you know, that we, they can go days or weeks without a wind enough to get those things moving, or same thing with sun and, and cloud cover, right? Shit. I, the the time I visited Ireland, and I can't wait to go back and and, and visit my Irish friends. I went over to uh, to speak at a at a conference in Dublin, and my wife were touring around Dublin and whatnot. And I love old Irish folk songs, right? The stuff you hear in pubs and, and that kind of stuff, right? Old stuff. And there is a there's a phrase. Or an idea that shows up. Different wording, but it's the same thing. Right. And it alludes to the rare blue sky. Right. In Ireland. OK. Well, anybody that lives there or lives in the UK or whatever. right? You know what I'm talking about. If you live in the Pacific Northwest of the United States. You know what I'm talking about. Right. I mean my friends in the pacific northwest i think they gauge beauty based on um the wrinkles that they have because they get a rain tan instead of a sun tan right <laughs> because it rains so much right but same idea right if you're if you trust it again without without deep understanding and it's not that you have to go to school and become an engineer or a phd or whatever i hate those fucking arguments as well like i'm not smart enough to to study the same things, but not have a need for a piece of paper that says I learned something. Okay. And that's, you know, I mean, anyway, so, um, there's this, there's this, there's this disconnect, right? That people get all wrapped up in, uh, you know, the technique, but each lineage Right? And sometimes each scroll set in a lineage, right? There's a difference in distance. What's the distance? The dencho doesn't spell out the distance. What's the timing? Dencho doesn't spell out the timing. Okay? What's the end game? It's not just a whoop ass thing. It's not just a lop his head off. Some schools are like that. Right? In the gyoko-ryu, um, you're supposed to take away his ability to fight, right? You, well, first of all, you're supposed to do everything you can to avoid fighting. Okay? Even in the face of your enemy, right? You engage with your enemy with a smile on your face. Okay? We're going to go much more deeply into that here shortly. But you do everything you can to avoid fighting. But if you have to fight, right? You put him down without him being able to touch you. Now, wait a minute, sensei. There are some techniques on the densho where he grabs you first, right? I'm thinking like dan shi, Don shu. What, what the hell? Well, the gyoko also has a thing in the, in the makimono for never getting caught on one foot, but one of the kihon kamai is what? Kicho no kamai. You're on one foot. Cause, the, there's an ideal and then there's the oh yeah just in case life happens right here's this thing right so um, we need to be careful right but again it's it's easy it's easier right to talk about being a warrior than it is to want to learn all about what it means to be a warrior From people who live that lifestyle, or currently live that lifestyle, fully. What I mean by that is fantasy's a whole lot easier than reality and learning that we might need to be more responsible, we might need to be more focused, we might need to be more, uh, educated, whatever. Okay? Anyway, so, uh, again, I'm gonna focus on a particular principle, I know I just threw a bunch out, but those were just to give you a for instance, right? Focus on a principle that shows up in both realms, right? For self-protection, personal combat, and for being successful in life. It's the same principle, and it still has to do with conflict, but, right, shows up on both sides, okay? And for a lot of folks, this isn't going to sound maybe the way they think it should be done or the way they, uh, the way their teacher told them. I'm going to tell you the same thing I tell everybody else. Not my fault. Okay. Passing this stuff on the way I got it, the way it was translated to me, um, and from multiple directions, right? So, Remember, the same knowledge runs through the Bujinkan, the Genbukan, and the Jininkan. might be translated a little bit differently, but it's not translated uh, like opposite or, or out in left field or whatever. What I mean is it's explained maybe a little bit differently. But the Kotsu, right, one of the four key pieces of understanding this art, right, any skill, any technique, whether it's life, or Battlefield, the kotsu, the essential nature of a lesson, stays the same. Okay? But first, right, we'll bring James in here and uh, see who we've got on, who uh, who might already have questions or comments or whatever. So, what do you got, James? Hey, look, it's James. Dave said good evening. Hey, Dave. Long time no see, again, still.
1: Trinity said, hi. Jimmy said, come on, moi. Who? Jimmy. Jimmy. Come on. Moi. So this day. Somebody over on YouTube that has the name Hero said, waved high. Wait, waved high? Oh. Waved high. Oh, waved high. That's what it says, waving
0: <laughs> for those of you on audio only I apologize I just did my little uh, you know the little hands that you can buy the suction cup stick them onto your dash and it just kind of you know waves when the car hits a bottle <laughs> anyway cool beans uh, any questions or comments up to this point no sir No. so who else do we have on other than those who spoke up or do we not know can we not see them
1: not sure No.
0: okay fair enough okay, so uh let's keep on going all right so um the principle that uh well I'm, we'll start on the side that everybody tends to like the most, right, and that is on the combat side okay so the way it and again, if the words are different, people can often not see that it's the same thing, and this is why uh, in in Spiritual traditions I often call it like insight, prajna, in Japanese hanya, right? Third eye, whatever. It doesn't mean like I mean, this thing opens up like in a sci-fi movie or whatever. Um, it's being able to see beyond the surface. It's it's a huge skill, right? Just like in the old days, uh there was no video, right? There may not have been more than uh a couple of demonstrations of the technique. Uh, with your teacher, imagine being with your teacher um, and you're the only student, right? Like you go to visit this person who knows stuff and they're going to teach you this technique and they might demonstrate it once in the air. Just so you can see the step by step, but there are no other students there, which means you're also the Uke. And so you get to feel the technique, but. It's really difficult to see how the bodies come together. Excuse me. So modern students, I, I think, have, one, uh, kind of a misguided understanding about the way things were always passed down. Um, and two, they they're jaded because right this stuff was developed decades, if not hundreds of years, before the dojo concept itself came about where teachers actually advertised for students, right? And these teachers, of course, were warriors who now, right, it's a hundred years of enforced peace. It's the only skill I have. How am I going to make money to feed myself, feed my family, right? Pay the bills, whatever, right? So for all those people in today's world that are like, oh, if you have a dojo and you're doing this, this, and this, and making money off of it, uh, you're a piece of shit. Well, then perhaps your spiritual, uh lineage past masters are the same thing i mean you can't just you can't say it in one direction and then justify that it's okay in another right truth is truth regardless of which side it's on that goes for political divides that goes for religions that goes for martial arts uh uh styles or whatever right but ego likes to play its little game so uh but anyway um so what we're looking at here is the idea that uh, I mentioned part of this before right when he attacks if you have no other choice and you need to to do this right when he attacks right you you crush him right you dominate him, but you uh, you save his life what the hell's up with that right so I'll talk about that in a minute, but here's this idea, right? So, and, and I, I mentioned something else before, right? The, the the ideal is to be able to do this without him being able to touch you. Okay, so this is not the same mentality as getting into a ring and duking it out for two minute rounds, five minute rounds, whatever, trading shots, right? Willing to take one to get one, that kind of two steps outside the the cave. Uh, kind of mentality, right? This is, one of my teachers used to call this enlightened self-protection, right? Because it requires, it requires a little bit more aptitude, right? It requires that you're able to think strategically, tactically, right? To understand the techniques outside of the moves, right? Of course, we all start someplace, but, The difference between mastery and the beginner is the process, right? And and being able to be shown or discover or develop the ability to see and understand things that the average person cannot, right? They can't, right? They have no idea. They either have no idea that it's going on or they've seen it, but they dismiss it. You know, these jack wagons online that that leave all their flaming comments on on videos and whatnot. Not just mine. Everybody's. Right. Um, they just dismiss it. Right. Um, if you ever want to really do some research into how to beat the conventional attacker. Okay, or people from specific fighter style mentalities, go down through the comments and take note. Of tactics and strategies that these people think are bullshit. Right now, you need to be able to look at techniques yourself and know what's a good technique. It may be rough around the edges, it may be from a different style or whatever, but that's strategically and tactically sound, and I can make that work. It just needs to be fixed here, or I, you know, we would do it this way or whatever. But that that's usable, okay? and one that'll get you killed. So you need to know that. But <clears throat> Take note of what these people are saying is bullshit, because what they're telling you is, one, they don't know how to do it. Two, they don't train to be able to defend against it. And three, they always fight a certain way. So this thing will come from outside of their perceptual uh realm, right, and take them completely by surprise. Okay? Don't just... You know, write them off. Don't just get into an argument with them. Okay. Um, let them tell you, right? And part of this lineage, part of this, these is part of it is an understanding how to let your opponent show you how to beat him. Because he can't throw something at you. Fists, feet, knives, bullets. Words, ideology, whatever, he can't throw something at you without exposing himself. You just need to know what you're looking for. But if you're too busy ducking the punches, the words or whatever, or he slings, you sling, you're playing the yeah, butt game or whatever, then. Okay, then you better rely on something called cone a lot. Cone. Right. Luck. All right. So. Anyway, right? Um, the concept here is again, right? I'm going to dominate him, but I'm going to save his life. Right? Okay? Why would I do that? Right? This guy can just get up, go to his pickup, grab the shotgun, and come back, or um, whatever. Right? Meet me another day. Now he knows how I fight. Now he knows how I. Yeah, no, not if I know my techniques correctly. Okay. And this is why, uh, again, one of the, one of the rules of thumb across the board is 10 seconds or less, four moves or less, right? But the ninpo part of the training is that I execute my techniques. I do what I'm doing while he's busy doing something else, right? First thing a student learns is to, uh, deliver the counter-strike, the the, the gosh, right, um, while you're busy evading, while you're shifting into on Because psychologically, he's busy missing. And if we're doing this Gyoko style, and we're moving at the last possible second, then hit everything from his body to his brain to his emotional set was bracing for impact. Right? As far as he's concerned, at that moment in time, That hits a foregone conclusion. It's 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 just going to happen. And when it doesn't happen. Everything changes. Right. But we're delivering counter strike at that moment. And then we're right into the next move. We're right into the next move. So every move becomes the proverbial puff of smoke. We've seen a ninja movie. Right. It Becomes the proverbial puff of smoke or the proverbial um, smoke screen that hides the next move. Right? His brain is too busy chasing the thing that just happened to see the thing that's going to happen unless we put too much time between one move and the next move and the next move. And that's, that's a problem if we're always doing soft training, we're always doing slow training, we're always doing whatever. right? We're always doing static, step by step. And, and, and you can tell when, when things have, not, have or have not been integrated into people's response uh, mechanism. Right, into their flinch response. Um, and you see it when they do randori or sparring. Right. How close does it look to the thing that they're supposed to be studying? Right. Um, we're we're going to be focusing on this during tomorrow night's class for the folks that are in my uh, inner circle program and my Nimbo, uh, Nimbo masterclass program. Um, we're going to be focusing on Ichimon's no Kata, which everybody thinks they know. But, Here's a spoiler alert. What I'm gonna be focusing on is Ichimonji no kata is a kihon, right? Everybody knows this. They say it all the time. Oh I know that, yeah, that's one of those kionapo. What okay, again, I know it. Left brain intellectually, right? But does my body can my body cash the check that my mouth or my head is writing? Okay. And so the, the thing we're going to be focusing on tomorrow night is uh, this come my first, come my last, come my always. But training with that to the point where it becomes the flinch response. It becomes the instinctive thing, right? The word, The phrase second nature is bullshit, okay? It doesn't become second nature. It becomes first nature. It becomes the thing that we do. Somebody says, boo, right? your body shifts that way, right? It, that becomes the new flinch response, right? It's not second nature, third nature, eighth nature. It's, it's, this is, right? This is the thing. And how do we use it? Do we understand it? Or do we, or have we just gotten good at this one model and a couple of variations that look really close? Okay. So anyway, that's tomorrow, right? Um, But the the thing that's going on here is not just how we're taking them down, you know, the little stomp at the end or whatever, right? It doesn't stop there. What you are doing with this technique is you are taking this person to the point where they know that you have them physically, mentally, mentally. And in their heart, they know they're going to die. They know that you own them. And then you give them back their life. Several things can occur, right? And again, you know, again, go to you ideal, right? Does that mean you never kill them? No, because there'll be a look in their eye, Right? Then, a couple minutes later, or they'll start doing bullshit tomorrow, whatever. That will require a different decision next time. But it's been my experience that that person gets so affected in their heart that they're not coming back. OK, I I'll, don't uh, I'll share a story that kind of works with this. And some of you may have already heard it. So I apologize. But again, this one just fits. Uh, The I got out of the military for the first time, I, I was actually out for seven months, going to become a civilian uh, police officer. And like I traveled for hundreds of miles, taking Tests and things like that. And the job market was just oversaturated, so I went back in and, uh, did another tour. But, I got out with my family and, um we just, uh, the apartment that we, we, that we were setting up and all that kind of stuff, everything fell through, so we ended up staying with, uh, some friends. I had no idea that this guy, we had no idea that this guy had anger management issues. Right? And so, anyway, um there's this day, you know, Everything's going well, and he's going to take a nap. He says, i got to call my mom um, at whatever time it was, right? So could you wake me up if I'm not already awake? Could you just, you know, wake me up? I can't be late for this because she has something she has to do. Sure, no problem, right? So his wife tries waking him up. He doesn't stir, right? And we're starting to get concerned, like, you know, is this guy is he in a coma? Is he you know whatever? Because there's no stirring. There's breathing, but he's he's not waking up. And uh, finally, he does, and he just screams like an animal. And he's got these work boots on, like these hikers or what—steel toe boots and whatnot. And he's laying on a couch, and so uh, the the sofa, the piece of furniture, right, uh, is to his what his um, uh, left side. Right? And so he takes his right leg and through all this screaming, he's just swinging this leg up and kicking the wall, right? Finally jumps up out of this, this, uh, you know, sofa, this couch and storms off out of the living room, down the hall into the, into the kitchen. And, uh, my wife at the time, um, you know, uh, couldn't help herself. (laughs) Um, always the negotiator, always trying to calm things down, you know. I, I think that's a that's a that's a noble trait. But um, she went in and she's trying to calm him down and trying to reason with him. And all of a sudden, you know, I, I stayed in the living room. I'm going to let this negotiation happen first. And uh, all of a sudden I hear, don't you ever hit me again from her. Well, then I found myself in the kitchen. And I'm trying to calm him down. And all of a sudden he growled, right? He roared and came at me. And then, uh, a little bit of a wind yoda action and a headlock later. Um, you know, then he's trying to kick at my legs and all that stuff. And <clears throat> I, uh, I put his head into a position that was not anatomically conducive to well-being it was just locked i didn't do anything major but his ear was turned enough to me that i could lean in and about this tone say if you don't stop moving i'm going to kill you and then i applied just a little bit more pressure to his neck and he stopped and i said i'm gonna let you go and you're going to go calm down. And, of course, when I let go, he stormed out of the room, went and slammed himself into another room or whatever, came out later, tried to play things off like nothing ever happened or whatever, but uh, obviously I kept my eye on him, right? Because now I know this guy's, uh, he's uh, kind of leans in this direction, right? Anyway, uh, maybe two days later, we had a friend over who was a, mutual friend that came over and we're all laughing and having a good time or whatever. And, um, as a matter of fact, the friend was drinking a, uh, soda, except, uh, back then they weren't plastic, right? Old timers. No, they were glass. Right. And, um, he was just holding this thing and he said something. We all laughed because he didn't realize that what he said was kind of stupid. Right. So we all laughed And my wife at the time, same one, right, made this comment, and he pulled the bottle back. And I recognized it as he's just screwing around, right? Pulled it back like he was going to throw it. And this guy that I had in a headlock two days before came out of the chair that he was sitting in. Like, I didn't even move, right? Came out of the chair that he was sitting in, bolt upright at this guy with his hands out, palms out, fingers stretched. Don't, and the guy said, what are you talking about? He goes, no, you don't, you don't understand. Don't, don't even, don't even joke. And we maintained a friendship until I went back in the military. But, um, the point is that this is not winning or losing a fight the way most people win and lose fights. This is not that kind of thing. This is a... People say, I put the fear of God in him. No. I put the fear of me in him. The next time he comes at me, he better want to and plan to and have a really good fucking plan to kill me. Because I didn't just say the words. I didn't just have him in a lock. This is Budo. This is not Bushido or whatever these other people like to throw this word around because they don't believe in the style or it doesn't fit their criteria or whatever, right? This is reaching beyond someone, the surface of their body. You haven't even touched them with your hands yet. In this case, I just had a mental restraint. This is reaching in their mind and in their soul. Right. And then giving them the gift of their life back. There are stories throughout our lineages. Hatsumi sensei has told them. There are stories that are second, third hand or whatever from Takamatsu sensei. Um, I've heard them from Shoto Tanimura. Uh, from the Gimbu Khan, he trained with, uh, Takuma Sensei. He's Hazumi Sensei's cousin. So, he trained with him way back in the day. Um when there are these stories about, you know, these people just being brutal enemies and then they had this little moment and they walked away friends afterwards. Right? And sometimes it was a mutual kind of thing and other times it was a, somebody had to be taught a lesson. And then they became your biggest advocate because they'd rather be on your side than not. And sometimes they just go away because that was just this little micro experience. And they don't want to know what else you have in your fricking bag. They don't want to know what else you have in your toolkit. Okay. Cause that was fucking terrifying enough. Okay. But this is not fantasy land. This is not. And again, you know, people hear me laughing and chuckling and having a good time. Hatsumi sensei, right? A lot of people don't take them seriously because like, that's not how martial arts grandmasters act. No, that's how very confident, powerful people act because they don't have a need to walk around with their fucking chest puffed out and threatening people all the time and things like that. If words like that come out, um, in the words of Jack O'Ban, a a switch has been flipped and we are, Coldly professional. The job gets done and then we go back to enjoying our lives. Because this is still all about balance. So can you see this balance that's going on? Right. You have. And this is something that that uh, it's Takagi Yoshin has it right. The level above being able to take somebody's balance. Right. Right. When you do that, when you take them, right, um, they're done, right? But there's a level of ability above that, and it's the level of ability you have to be able to attain to. Otherwise, every one of your training partners are going to get busted up or you're going to relegate yourself to lower levels of training and ability. You're going to hang out in the realm of soft training or slow training or or step-by-step, or whatever, because you can't get to that level because you're going to end up breaking this person. No, there is a level beyond you doing the technique and your partner being able to take ukemi, right? Because I can already hear it. I hear it across the void, right? Well, that's why your uke can take ukemi. No, the level above, if your partner can take ukemi, you're not there yet. 'Cause there's this level above that where you execute the technique in a way that they can't take Ukemi. But now you got a problem. How the hell do you practice with anyone if they can't take Ukemi? So there's a level above that where the moment I realize my partner can't take Ukemi, or I'm going to give this person their life back. Because the moment you take them and they can't take Ukemi, they know it. They know that they're they know it's done. They fully expect the end. This is not trading shots. This is not winning a check or a trophy. This is this is a one and done kind of thing, right? So the level above that is to be able to do that, but gear down at the last second. So one, you can save an Uke, and you can train at those levels. So that when you take your Uke and they can't save themselves, they're going to crash and burn. But you can you can gear things down and save them. You can help you become their Ukemi. Right. But that's what allows you. To take someone. And then get. But now I have choice. Right. Now I have choice. Because if I've learned other skills. I've read this person is this technique even valid for this particular attacker? Or is this just going to feed the vendetta wagon and I'm going to have to look over my shoulder for the rest of my life and the shoulders of all my family members and friends? Well, since that's impossible. So again, for a lot of folks, They're going to have to come to grips with how far they want to take this stuff. Because again, there's the training and skills, there's a passing on in skills, but there's a whole other side of the training that's on the other side of the skin, the other side of the skull and bones for each one of us. It's not just training to move the parts. There's the intention, there's the resolve. There's the commitment there's the responsibility there's a video I just did a uh, personal development lesson for week thirteen for the folks going through the realm of the tactical warrior um, that talks about duty the duty is a warrior right um, and a lot of people again they throw the word warrior around but just, and Anyway, right? Again, you can use whatever words you want. We've talked about that in the past, right? Okay? Doesn't make it so. Anyway, so on the combat side, what you have is this it's it's balance. I have the ability to take life. Right? So most people on the omulte side, right? My skill set in being able to take life or restrain somebody or whatever is at the same time the ability to protect life they, they come together right because I'm a warrior and not just a fighter or whatever right the skills are there to protect life but the skill set gives me the capability of taking life right? so there's a shit ton of responsibility in there okay? uh, but at the same time There's the ability to take it. Um, In in one instance, I'm talking about two different people, right? The Omote side is I'm talking about two different people that I'm affecting in the exact same moment. One person gets affected from the perspective, the side of the yin-yang that has to do with taking life. But simultaneously, one or more people are being affected in the same instant on the other side of the yin-yang or on the other side of the mountain or the other side of the coin, whatever, That has to do with protecting life. But the Uda to this is. With the enemy. The assailant, the opponent. In the same instant. I can take it. Or I can give it back. But here's the thing from the Gilko school. You give it back once they know right the lesson has has been conveyed right this is not a I did a little psych out punch or I geared down the throw and they knew that everything slowed down and I caught them and things like that. You know, They need to understand. Absolutely, without a doubt. That you gave them their life back. Again, it's Budo. Right. So I'll talk about the other side here in a minute. Right. And I'll open things up to questions uh, in just a minute as well. But again, this all goes back to understanding this idea. Surrounding the name of the school. Gyoko, right? Gyoko is a contraction of gyoku-ko, right? Gyoku-ko, gyoko, right? So gyoko means jeweled or jade tiger, right? I've discussed this in past trainings and whatnot, but, again, to make sure everybody's caught up. We understand what a tiger is, right? In the ancient world, right, if we understand this, this phrase, uh koteki ryoda, koteki ryoda, Kōl, teki, means the tiger below. Yoda means the dragon above, right? Uh, if you've ever seen these scrolls or there's martial arts patches and whatnot where you've got this tiger, it's uh, usually it's, it's, uh, superimposed over a yin-yang or whatever. And uh, again, symbology, but it goes way, way deeper than that, right? But if you look at the way the tiger is drawn and painted, and the image that I created for today's thing was an expedient. I didn't I didn't pull that out and, and put that together that way. Um, but if you if you can kind of soften your gaze as you look at the, the characters, right? The tiger is standing on a rock or an outcrop or a kind of a plateau or whatever, right? And if you look at the shape of the tail around through its body and then its head hooking back up around almost toward the tail, roaring in that direction. And then the dragon is coming out of the clouds, but it's doing the same thing and roaring back at the tiger. It's creating a yin yang all by itself. You don't need to superimpose this on a yin yang. It's right there, right? But the trick is that these two keep themselves, they keep each other in balance. One of these without the other is disastrous. It's not it's not that it's not functional, but for a warrior, it's disastrous. Okay. So these are two different realms. Right? This realm of the tiger, way back in ancient Japan, way back in the ancient world, right, in the East, the tiger was considered to be the most powerful creature on the phenomenal plane. Right? The natural realm, in the material world. Right? The dragon was seen to be the most powerful, uh, creature in the spiritual realm. Okay. Whether dragons actually ever existed or not, whatever. Okay? But it was this idea, right? So you had this omote uda, right-left kind of idea. You had skills for the battlefield, skills for society, right? Because if all you have are battlefield skills, are you going to carry yourself through society in between wars? Okay. Everybody's training for war. But they don't handle arguments with their spouse very well, or they're easily manipulated, or um, whatever, right? Um, martial arts is my life. Great, get a better job stop bitching you have money stop blaming everybody else in the world um, for being uh, what being corrupt or whatever that's the only reason why they have what they have I'm not playing the, I'm not following the fucking rules I'm you know whatever okay well when you're ready to understand natural laws and principles and concepts and how things work and how human beings operate and whatnot, then maybe we can cross to the other divide, produce results over there too. Okay. Um, Anyway, so uh, let's do this, James, any questions or comments or anything that's popped up while I was yammering there? Uh,
1: The only thing that's come in is from hero over on YouTube. Just said it's respect. What's respect?
0: We're what talking about respecting the opponent. Right. Cause there's, there's things in, in the martial arts and there's things in Budo and whatnot that talks about respect and how you respect even, uh, even your enemy, that kind of thing. Right. So again, there's an omote side to that, right? Like, but uh, then the samurai realm, and it's not that this happened all the time, but respect, for your enemy, um, conventionally, idealistically, meant that if after I cut him down, I didn't spit on his corpse, I didn't kick his body, that kind of stuff, right? Uh, made sure he got a you know decent burial or whatever. But so I, I have issues with that because how does that explain grabbing heads and dropping them in bags and taking them back so you could prove how many of the enemy you killed? where do you think the word head count came from? Right. We're getting the head count. Okay. Right? It's a whole lot easier to carry back a bunch of, uh, heads and stuff, but there's this other part, right? And this is, this is a huge thing in, in samurai history where they'd bring the head back and they put it on, a plate on a platter, tray, whatever. And they would dress it up. They would do the hair, they put some makeup on it, whatever the guy's dead, right? It's his fucking skull, right? Um, and they would um, parade him, parade each of these, right, killed leaders, whatever, in front of the winning leader. And he would, you know, he and his generals or whatever would um, look at them, uh, pay reverence, you know, respect them for their willingness to die for their beliefs and ideology, Before sending them on. But then what happens after you send them on? Well, we need to trade for another head. So they get dumped. Right. So right. there's the ideal and the shit written down in the books. But then. Right. Anyway. uh, But also there's the lesson that. There's. It's not just about. The respect that most people think of. Again, we have to be careful when we read about certain things right the warrior respects even his opponent okay well i get it right there's but there's two different types of respect at least right in this context there's the respect that mommy taught us or grandma or whoever was your influential person right treat other, do unto others as you would have done unto you you know whatever right well if we all acted that way i'd be out of a job at least in this realm right well, I'd be out of a job all the way around. I'd be doing something else in the world because even my workplace violence consultancy teaches people how to deal with uber violent people that come in to want to, you know, shoot up the place or whatever. Um, but there's that, right? But that's dragon realm. That's how we operate in society. There's a lot of people in the martial arts that are assholes. They show very little respect, or they have that 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 warped asinine belief that I only show respect to those who show me respect. Okay. Well, I understand where you're coming from. However, what if they don't know any better? What if they didn't get that lesson? Okay. How does you not showing respect unless they show it to you, make you better than them? To me, it makes you worse because they may not know any better. You're doing it on purpose. Okay. How about if I show respect regardless of whether they show me respect or not? And with a smile on my face. Okay? Because now everybody that sees that exchange will see the difference, and not just two assholes mistreating each other, trying to be one upman. Okay? But the other side of respect for a warrior, the side that most people don't think about, and Husband used teach on this stuff all the time was respecting their intent to do you harm and so I'm going to position myself and act in a way that makes it difficult for them to do that I respect their intent to do harm this thing that I just covered, the battlefield thing, right I'm taking their life and then last second I give it back that is a self-protection strategic move. I respect this guy's intent to do me harm. If I try to win a fight the same way most people try to win fights, what 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 happens tomorrow, or the day after that, or the day after that, right? Okay? So respect isn't always about being nice any more than compassion's about always being nice compassion is doing what somebody needs giving what's giving somebody what they need to grow to move to move forward to move ahead it has nothing to do with being nice it might in that moment come across as nice or pleasant or whatever but that's not always the case some people don't need nice some people need a good swift kick in the ass they may hate you for the rest of their lives, but a lesson will have been conveyed, and now they will act differently because they don't know who else might step forward and kick them in the ass because they were an asshole. Okay. So, uh, again, we have to be careful how we, def- how we define things. Okay, So, anyway, um, same lesson, but from the dragon realm. And again, the words are going to be different, but I need you to look past the words to see the essential nature, right? Because this is about balance. It's about balance within you and the ability to produce results that are far beyond or outside the moment. And for a lot of people looking at these lessons or trying to get their head wrapped around them, right? Me too in the beginning. Um it's gonna sound so counterintuitive. Like shit, I got the guy. Why would I give him his life back? Well, see if I kill him, seems like it's over. Except he has family. He has friends. Or back in the day he had a clan. Whatever. Okay. But see we have to be able to see think strategically. We have to understand if we're going to be warriors, we need to be able to maneuver a battlefield and to be able to see the battlefield and not just the rocks and trees and whatever around us in the moment. Okay. It's a difference between drafting foot soldiers in a village, putting shit in their hands, putting them in the front lines and say, Hey, go kill as many of them as you can before you die. Meanwhile, I'm going to sit back here on my horse and watch what they're doing in relationship to that first push, and now the seasoned vets get to move in and make very different decisions. Okay. So on the other side, the lesson from the Gilko to you is to live a life in balance and with harmony, right? being kind, those kind of things, right, even to one's enemy. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's worded that you always meet the enemy with a smile on your face. You can do that on the battlefield too because nothing freaks out somebody who wants to beat, break, or kill you like you smiling at them, okay? And I don't mean a big, cheesy, like, goofy smile kind of thing, just that slightly upturned corners of your mouth. Uh, for those of you in Nikkyo, uh, if you've ever looked at, uh, the statuary, right, these Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, their, their corners of the mouth are ever so slightly turned up, right? Their, their eyes are closed, shaded, and the corners of the, the lips are ever so slightly turned up, right? Because it's the look, it's the, it's the facial expression of somebody who gets it, okay? So what you are very subtly conveying is, right, I know something that you don't know. I see something you can't see. I have a plan, okay? And so while the other guy might be yelling and screaming or whatever, right, um what you're what you're doing is conveying things in a way that shakes them on the inside a little bit right what does he know what am i missing right if you start looking around see if he's got friends that's when he may attack right but there's this thing right but we can do the same thing in everyday life all right, because just because someone's your enemy doesn't mean that they're not useful doesn't mean that they can't help you get things done okay we don't have to like each other, but we have a common problem it needs to be solved, so we don't even have to, have to talk to each other, but how about if we I've been on the things in the town, right We've worked on things, and there's been some people there that like, there's a neighbor that I have that has damaged my property and whatnot, but he was there. We were there for for the same reason what i'm I'm gonna say I can't work if I'm not working on this if this guy's not here or whatever, and I'm trying to force whoever is running the thing to get him to leave well now this whole cause is being harmed. Because of my self-serving needs. And now we're one body or he leaves and what? Ten of his friends leave. Well, what fucking good does that serve? Right. Or I'm not. My family's not helping because he's here. Well, again, right. Is this about the cause you're there to serve or is this about a grievance? Right. So we can both work on things. We can both smile. We can both say, hi, how are you? Can you hand that to me? Sure. Here you go. Right. Doesn't make us friends. Doesn't make us like each other. But for the sake of what's happening and what's going on. We can come together. See, people that think that have a problem, they're, they're dualistic thinkers. Right. It can't be both at the same time. If it's if it's this, then it can't be that. If it's that, it can't be this. Right. Well, hard time with this. Right. Same with people who need to be right, right? I can be right, but I can, I also understand the difference between acting out of a sense of righteousness. I'm not working on this project if douchebags a part of this. And there is, and how that's different from rightness. My etiquette, my politeness, the way I carry myself and whatnot is the right thing to do. Because it speaks to who I am, not to who they are, right? If I'm an ass, or I'm maybe I'm, you know, I'm right, right? This guy's whatever, right? But how many people in this group know anything about this story? So what are I going to do? Waste everybody's time for an hour and a half, filling them in while we could be working on this project, right? And since they don't know, If I act like an ass, what if he just stands there smiling? Not condescendingly. Just like, this is not the place for this. This is not the time for this. Right? We're not here for that. Who's going to look bad? Me. Right? These, warriorship goes way beyond Fighting, fist for fist, knife for knife, whatever. Right? And again, strategic thinking, tactical maneuvering, those kind of things. Right? And while the words are different, and the scenarios seem different, it's the same. It's still balance. Right? And in that instance, okay, yes, my neighbor and I keep our distance because okay. he has yet to pay for the damage, even after he's promised to. And while I was getting my house back together post fire, I didn't have the extra resources to mount a lawsuit or whatever. And at the moment, my resources are going to growing this stuff so that I can help more people in the world. Um, but he knows he's, he's, he's maneuvered his activities Relative to my property and what he used to do, all that's changed. He doesn't set up in the same places. He, it, There's just all the things that he did that contributed to the damage, he doesn't do anymore. Because I exchanged a few words. They were very professional, by the way. Right? There's no threat of harm. Not that way. But there was that look. And so, if he does see me out in public, there's a sheepish smile, and I'm sure he talks badly about me, right? We hear it in their house. There's literally, what, six to eight feet between the windows in our dining room and the windows in his dining room. And so, you know, every once in a while, he gets a little heated and whatever, right? But that's okay. He can dislike me, as long as he stops invading my space and... Damaging the property that I work hard to provide for my family. So anyway, it looks different, but it's still a battle. And at least from my perspective, when we're in those situations, I do give him his life back. I give him his life back by not saying anything about it. I smile. I nod. He has no idea what I'm thinking. He has no idea what the plans are. Right? He gets to have that moment, maybe that moment of anxiety or thought, trying to second guess, but then life swoops in, and he gets to live his life and not be worried about it again until they bump into each other. Accidentally. So... The gyokory, right? If you think about this this tiger, the essential nature of a tiger. Is a tiger always hunting? Is a tiger always attacking? No. There's lots of things. There's lots of aspects, right? In the you, there is a is a long ass. Long-ass name for a kamae. I'm not going to go into it, right? We truncated it to Kohen, right? Kohen no kamae is a grounded position where somebody is kind of like in a cat-like position on their hands and knees because they've gotten knocked down or they were getting them off the floor, whatever. It's a long name, right? And probably my students would not like to know the whole name of it because um, it's a pregnant tigress protecting its unborn young. But that's a mindset. It's a watchfulness, not wanting to engage. So there's certain cues and clues that the cat gives off to keep threats at bay because it knows that if it engages, even if it wins, its unborn child is in jeopardy. See, it's thinking beyond the fangs and the claws. There's more to the essential nature of a tiger than just being ferocious and strong and able to pounce. Okay, so there's one more thing that I want to do. I have a, a couple of questions and whatnot that's not not related to this. It's related to other things that we're working on. But. Questions, comments, try to type something, even if you're foaming at the mouth, you feel like your brain is, you know, your skull is cracking. James, do you have anything that's on top of this? I mean, uh, what is this going to th- make you think of or, or stir up based on either lessons in class or other things that, you know, you've bumped into? How is this different from other martial arts you've done? Yeah. Different. <laughs> with you on the spot oh, yeah. <laughs> tough <laughs> it's my job
1: I mean it's different as in like no place I've been before or whatever really cover anything like this
0: well um, in all honesty there's uh, a very small percentage of people within this realm as well
1: hmm.
0: that cover everything and this is not about me right? Because I couldn't do this if my teachers didn't do it. Couldn't do this if Hatsumi sensei didn't do it. Couldn't do this if Takma I didn't pass it on that way. I couldn't do this if, 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 right? So, um, it's not about me. I'm just, you know, I'm not just a messenger, but this is, I could have, I could have like so many others, I could have dismissed this side of the training and we wouldn't be having the same conversation. Of course, 60, 70% of our kudan would be what they are because we wouldn't be covering this aspect. But a lot of people don't tune into this and a lot of people dismiss it because if we're not in uniforms slugging it out, then right, this is bullshit, right? Stop talking. This is not, right? That's me since they always said, stop talking and train. Yeah, I get it. Okay. But there's other things that he did as well. And here's the funny part. He tells people, stop talking and train. And the people that want to just do the physical stuff, they gravitate to those lessons. But they, they ignore the fact that a third to half of Hatsumu Sensei's classes, when he's actually teaching, is not a physical demonstration. He's explaining something very deeply. But we'll just edit those parts out and just his next variation, next variation, next variation. Yeah. Well, What about the whys? Anyway, anything from anybody?
1: No. Uh, Dave said these lessons are why I prefer this art. The combat is fun, but the strategic thinking is more useful in everyday life. It is rare for an adult to get into fights unless they are screw ups.
0: Yeah, well, you know, uh, the way this was introduced to me, I think one of the reasons why I gravitated to it was that my teachers, I don't want to say pushed, but they led with professionalism. And the f- full lessons right the full thing is really for people who want to live a successful professional when i say professional i don't mean you need to be a lawyer doctor whatever i mean an upstanding you know classy kind of life right where and again, when I say classy, I don't mean that you don't get to dress in blue jeans and shit kicker boots and stuff like that. I mean, um, you know, you have a family or you have people that you care about and you're you're protecting and whatever. You're not sorry, you're not bar hopping every Saturday night, you're not um you know, you're not getting into piss ass conver- arguments with people on a regular basis, right? You're living to the essence of what Takama Sensei meant when he said, only those who have something to lose, only something, only those who truly have something to lose can ever really understand what it means to be a warrior. Somebody has nothing to lose. They are the, the, fighting, right? I mean, if they lose the fight, lost the fight, if they win the fight, there's an upside to that. To people that have something significant to lose, job, family, loved ones, nice life, whatever, there's only a downside. And it can go sideways and downhill very fucking fast. Right? So, uh, there's a certain mindset that's looking for,
1: right?
0: And is drawn to this side of things. But I do have to point out that uh, the Freudian slip that, you know, the fighting stuff was fun. Now you said that, so I just picked up on that right away. <laughs> Not saying it isn't, but when I say, when I say that something is fun, I don't mean like, I enjoy fighting. Um, I don't, because I'd be a sport fighter if I did. But the line that has to be crossed for me to act, and that plays into this gyoko-do-you idea, this goes beyond pissed off and angry, conventional anger. And this goes to a point where that smile comes back, but it's, it's a subconscious, unconscious facial micro expression that conveys a sense of enjoyment in the handling of this thing. People have looked at me or, or, you know, addressed me after things like this go to you're gonna go end up in jail or whatever and the smile comes right back and I say I will sit there on that bed with a big old smile on my face. And it's not because I'm in prison. It's because the person that I had to deal with that caused me to be here will never ever be able to do what they did ever again. That is the smile of satisfaction, not the smile of, I don't know, playful glee or whatever. However, if we were talking about the Kukishinden school. There is a sense to that. That fun. Right? There's a whole side to that training. Where the the idea is. Think about having think about being as powerful as one God. But here you got nine gods and they're demons on top of that, which means that they pretty much do whatever the hell they want because they're not they're not led by any kind of moral or ethical code. Right. So you got that kind of power. And here comes Joe cool dickhead. And I mean, if you had that kind of power, you could wink this person out of existence in a microsecond. But then what are you going to do? Because if you had that kind of power, like your entire life, would be in absolute order. There's nothing you couldn't want for, need, whatever, without having it just like that. Sorry, I know how cool that sounds. But it only sounds like that to people who don't have it. It's kind of like teenage girls getting complimented on their looks. They love it. Until it's happened 20, 30, 40, 50 fucking times. And that's when they turn into what guys call bitches. Can't you be original? Nice eyes. No shit. The last 49 guys told me the same thing. They're now looking for original. Because it gets old. It gets boring. It's the same thing if you had that much power. Sorry. It'd be like being on a perpetual vacation. Uh, it'd be cool. Only to people who aren't on fucking vacation often enough. Right? James and I had talk about this on a regular basis, right? There's a line that gets crossed where I need to get back and get stuff done because I now am without purpose. No, man. My purpose is to lay right. No. Be personality types that rub me the wrong way. Those are the people that want to be on a professional vacation because you know what? Their vacations are just the same shit they do every day in a different location. Just fucking lay around. Can't wait to get off work so I can lay around. Can't wait to stop doing the long work so I can lay around. Can't wait to... Holy shit. I'm sorry. I can't do that. I'm not telling those people that that's all wrong. But you know what? If the world were run by, the, by that same personality type, we'd still be fucking living with horse and buggies. At best. Right. Okay? So anyway, um, all right. Anything else, James? Anybody yet? To piss anybody off? It's bound to happen.
1: (laughs) No. uh, Trinity came in with a question.
0: That's my daughter. She's still everything already. Never mind. Anyway, sorry.
1: (laughs) Uh, This is something that I struggle with as a woman of smaller stature. It's difficult even in serious situations that I've been in to be taken seriously. Either I portray the victim and promote my own weakness or I give the warning and bait unintentionally the attack. How can I deal with this? This being in confrontations based in, quote, nightlife situations. We're supposed to avoid the fight, but how do I do that when I'm apparently walking bait for confrontations in that setting? Hmm.
0: Okay, so... uh Sorry, I'm going to use this word anyway because <laughs> she's my daughter. So, baby, listen up. okay? So, one, you're in law enforcement or you're going to be in that realm and adjacent realms. So, develop cop eyes. There's certain cues and and, and signals that confident people present, which can be intimidating, and I'll cover that in a minute. But one is, even if you're lost look like you know where you're going. And if you don't know how to do that, then stop and scan the area and just look like you're surveying your domain. You're just surveying the scene. You're checking things out. Okay. It gives you time to get your bearings. And two, you don't look like you're lost. Okay. Three, check your posture. Okay. There is a, uh, there's a whole science around body language And one of those is if you, if you, and again, this is part of know thyself and and how you operate and whatnot. And some folks, this is the, the, they would be abnormal to this and they're the ones that convey weakness on a regular basis. Okay. Shoulders are slumped. They can't make eye contact, right? Average eye contact for a human being who is dealing with people that they know and even with strangers, right? Is one to four seconds kind okay, of know that's a big sp- uh spread or whatever but practice holding eye contact longer and if you can't hold eye contact then look right here okay if you're uh, listening audio only I'm pointing to the point right between my eyes right between my brow okay so at normal conversation distance an average person won't know whether you're looking them right in the eye or they're, whether you're looking at that point so if you're slightly intimidated or you're you know most anxiety, whatever. Okay. And you can't bring yourself to look at somebody's eyes. Then look right between the eyes, look right above the nose, right where the glasses sit kind of thing right there. Okay. Because you will look like you have a steely gaze, but you also have to be mindful that you break that gaze every no longer than four to six seconds. Because after that, depending on the brain wiring, right? And I'm going to, I'm going to be dualistic here because I'm not playing the 87, 131, uh, mindsets, genders, um, whatever, okay? So, this just goes to sexual attraction, okay? Uh, if we were talking about opposite genders, normal, heterosexual, whatever, but it could be homosexual too, whatever, okay? So, if it's in the realm of attraction, if we hold that stare, even if you're looking right here, right? For more than four to six seconds... It conveys to that person that you have certain thoughts about them, if you know what I'm saying. If it is opposing attractors, let's say it's guy to guy, okay? Like if I look at a, if I hold my gaze on a woman for four to six seconds, right? A little bit longer than that, right? Um, It's sending attraction signals. Okay, and she's gonna do what she does based on that, right? Um, and this is where most guys go wrong with it, right? They'll look and then they'll keep breaking eye contact because, um, they, they don't wanna look like a stalker. But the reality is when you keep breaking eye contact, you give her the willies and you look like a stalker. Okay? But if you just make eye contact like you're looking her over, everything's different, right? But if I did that to a guy, right? Unless he were gay. Sorry, I mean, I'm talking about attractors here, okay? If this were heterosexual, guy-to-guy, woman-to-woman, or whatever, and you hold that that uh, gaze for more than four to six seconds, now their brain triggers a response that this person wants to fight me. So you got two Fs, two F possibilities, okay? So, um, but I want to hold that longer. I want to look like I know what I'm doing. And also, if you can make sure that your head is up, you don't have to like lift it too high, but this is there's an air of uber confidence. And again, I'll talk about personality types here in a second, but at least have your head and jawline level. OK, because that conveys to the human mind that that person is confident and comfortable in their own skin. They they are perfectly OK with being where they are. Right. They're there by choice. OK. So, uh, again, there's all these little descriptors. OK. Um, relax as much as possible without slouching the shoulders. OK. Um, anxiety produces stiffness. Stiffness conveys. Right. Discomfort. OK. Victimhood. So there are these little things here. OK. So that's the that's the obvious outward signals that you could work on. Okay. Um, and also, when you're talking to your friends and whatnot, like look around, but look around like you're looking for somebody. Okay. Not like you're like looking around, not, not like you're craning your neck or whatever. Just kind of scanning around like you're just kind of, you know, again, surveying the scene. That conveys that you're paying attention to your surroundings. Okay, So you're harder for somebody to get the jump on. Okay, so anybody who's an opportunist, that's going to be difficult. Okay, um, so that's that's some things for the for the outward, the omulte side of things, right? For the the inward, right? The hmm. I'm going to hold that for a minute. Um, did she respond at all to whether or not that made sense? That that was that helpful to anybody else other than Trinity?
1: She hasn't said anything yet. Okay,
0: well it's, uh, maybe she'll she'll get things wrapped around. Okay, um, there's an inner side to it, but this isn't just about it's not the inside of you. I mean, you can always be working on you and your own sense of confidence and things like that, right? Um, because if you now you know about dangers. I mean, you grew up with me. Um I didn't go out of my way to make you paranoid or whatever. However, I did I did enforce the requirement that you would learn martial arts and learn how to protect yourself because uh I know what kind of dangers are in the I know all too well what kind of dangers in the world and I also worked in areas where uh if people knew what kind of things we stopped from happening that never made it to the news, um they would never have a restful night's sleep ever. Um but you know ignorance is bliss, right? So uh but the internal thing that I'm talking about and, and we can get to personal stuff later, but what I want you to start doing if you do know, you can do this just through memory uh, reflective exercises, but it might also be helpful to do it with some journaling or whatever. Right. And again, this is not internal journaling for you. This is looking at those past experiences because you gave me a couple of options. Sometimes this happens with certain people. Sometimes this happens. Okay. I want you to start thinking about those things, remembering them and, and, um, Reflecting on them when they happen. Okay. Because there's an element that a lot of people don't think about. Ego wants things to be nice and cut and dry. I want to learn this thing that works all the time. It's just fucking easy, but it's also lazy. Okay. But life doesn't work that way. Okay. I'll give you for instance, right? Um, <laughs> and this goes even for my kids. <laughs> I've got some that think that I'm confident all the time. And now they've also seen me cry. The only time they've ever seen me cry is when I lost my kids in a legal issue. And I don't mean lost them, lost them. I mean, like things happened and James, you know what I'm talking about. And if anybody's ever been through that kind of thing, then you know what I'm talking about. Right. Um, I fought the fight and So anyway, um, the the thing that you need to factor in is the difference in personalities. So here's where I'm going with this. OK. I've never been told or called arrogant. I've always been called confident except by two types of people. Okay. The two types of people that see me as arrogant and see most confident people, people that I would associate with and we're confident. We laugh it up. We enjoy life and all that, but we're also very directed and, um, you know, we also have lines, right? If you agreed to do something, then, um, and James knows, James has helped me for a long time and I have other people uh, that volunteer and help and, and whatnot. Um, and more often than not, I convey the, you didn't fulfill on the thing you said you were going to do. I usually do that with humor first and a soft touch. Um, and even, I, I don't know that you've ever even heard me, not toward you ever, but in your presence, I don't know that you've ever even heard me get super stern like, you know, I don't even know how I would express that. I mean, I know I would express it, but, um, you know, mean, yelling, whatever. um, There has been a soft, you probably have been around for a soft, um, I understand if things are too overwhelming and you can't do it, you just need to tell me so I can put somebody in there that can. Because this is not a, this is not a, uh, I don't operate based on uh, somebody having three choices as to whether they'll do their job or not. If you agreed to do something, then what we have is a can't or won't if it's not getting done. Right. If it's a can't issue, that's my problem. Right. means you're not trained and you're not able to produce the results, but you're trying. That's a me issue. Now it's a training issue. Right. If it's a won't issue, that's not a me thing. Right. And there's the door. So if somebody's not getting the job done, then, okay. so what's your plan for getting the job done on time? Right. Like, who knows? Pick something, James. Monthly newsletter. Whatever. Right. Videos up. Whatever. Right. What's your what's your plan for getting that done or what's your plan for transitioning out so I can get somebody else in there that can do it? Well, I don't have one. Okay, let me ask that again. What's your plan for fixing this so that the job is done on time? Or what's your plan for transitioning out of this department, out of this job, out of this position? Whatever. I don't have one. Well, you need to pick one because I think you think there's a third option. The third option is you'll just keep doing what you're doing and the rest of us will have to work around you. No. No. Because the third option is, I'll pick one for you, and it's not, you, you won't be readjusting your day to get the job done on time. But a lot of managers can't bring themselves to do things like that because they don't handle conflict well. But if we're all on the same team, any team is only as strong as the weakest link. And if we're moving forward, we don't move forward with anchors down. Or I'll get around to it. Not on my goddamn team, you won't. Go start your own goddamn team. We see how well that's working. Okay? So, see, it can go up from there, but you haven't experienced that from me, have you? No, yeah. because it's just, right? But the two types of people that see the confidence as arrogance are uh people with extreme insecurity Right. Low self-esteem where they're high anxiety, afraid of most things. So and we've talked about this in the past when it comes to like Mikko training and looking at the mandala. Right. Most people think they know extremes. But if I'm an extreme, let's say I'm extreme left. Right. I think I know what extreme right is all about, except that extreme to me, from my perspective, Way over here, right? The opposite extreme is actually neutral. So, moderates or independents are going to look like they're freaking to the other side. They have no idea what the other side looks like. Okay? So, these people are easily triggered because confidence looks like arrogance, bullying, whatever. I've heard people in this realm called me a bully because I told them they weren't keeping up their end of the bargain and the team was struggling because they weren't doing their job. Well, you're bullying. No, I'm holding you accountable. Right? Well, they didn't like being talked to that way. Well, right? Okay, now we have a problem. The second type of person that sees relaxed, confident people as arrogant are control freaks because they can't just run through and get their own way all the time. And their agenda is easily seen. It's easily identified. So the thing trend is to start looking at the types of people and to see if you can't match up personality types that return things a certain way or whatever, because then we can start looking at specific like scripting and body language and and approaches based on you reading personality types. Okay, does that make sense, James? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ego wants this to be easy, right? If right. you ever if if you've ever had somebody come to you, they they know that you're doing martial arts or whatever, right? Self defense. What would you do if somebody throws a punch at your face? Why are they punching me? Well, I don't know. They're just punching you. Well, see, what's my relationship to them? What the hell does that matter? They're they're trying to punch you. Okay, well, if it's my kid, right? If it's my grandson when he was little, right? And now he's four. So he's gone through a little phase where he's trying to play the superhero and whatnot. He comes up and he'll pop me, right? He'll go, gotcha, grandpa. Oh, yeah, you did. Okay. I'm going to take the punch. Okay. Context. Right? Why are they punching me? Um, What's our height differential? Is it a jab? Is it a right cross? How far away are they? Right? What's my job? What's my position? What's the environment I'm in? Throw this motherfucker right on the ground. Really? In the middle of your workplace. And so now you got two people fighting, and you're both out of a job. Explain that to the wife or family. Can't feed you this week, kids. Unemployment hasn't kicked in. Oh, shit, can't get employment. I got fired. And it was a criminal act. Okay. So, again, this is... This is Budo. When Hatsumi Sensei says, this is real Budo, he's not just talking about the blades and the fist. Right. Because he also said and says, right, Budo is life. Budo is a living thing. Budo is about life. You can't study Budo without studying life. Right. Without studying engagements, without studying interactions. Right. Without studying interpersonal dynamics. Now, do you have to study those things to the to the depth that I or others have? No, of course not. Right. Right. That's why we've done it, so you don't have to <laughs> Right? we can point these things out, you can look around and go, mm, yep, oh, wait, there's an exception say there's a, okay, uh, look at this little piece, oh shit, hm mm, okay, right so um yeah, anyway, uh did she respond or anything?
1: Yes, she said it's helping. I'm taking notes. And it worked. I'm now the you of my friend groups. I tell them everything they've never heard to make sure they are as safe as they can be. Look at that.
0: You're not even a black belt yet. (laughs) Imagine what you're going to be like after you've really internalized this stuff. Trin just got re-involved, serious and all that. Um, But from the adult perspective, because um, she's like most of her training with me was always through the youth stuff. And there were lots of things that we didn't cover like this stuff. Cause kids, kids aren't ready for it. Then don't, don't process it the same way. Right. So here we are. All right. Anything else come in? Is this helpful to anybody else within the Trinity?
1: Uh, Dave said, yes, the body language stuff is very cool. He also said on vacation, you get pineapple drinks. You get pineapple what? You get pineapple drinks on vacation. Shut
0: up, man. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Maybe it's not funny. Maybe Dave now wants to punch me. Damn it, I'm coming to spring camp. Just to jack you up. Okay. I'm cool. Anyway. Uh, okay, so anything else? Nothing else?
1: Trinity just said, I'm working on it.
0: Cool beans. All right. Cause you demand. Um, okay. So, um, uh, quick question, right? So, uh, I am always trying to make sure that folks who are at least coming to me for things, right. Are getting what they need. And while I understand that Sometimes we don't know what we need, but we'll know it when we see it, or we can't put it into words or whatever, okay? So uh, I am looking at, right now, creating uh, a lot of people, like a uh, previous episode, I, you know, tossed it out there. I'm going to be doing uh, one of two different Mikyo things coming up, right? I gave option A, option B, a bunch of people responded. So I guess the next thing that we'll be doing starting in a couple of weeks uh, is uh, something called the Bo, which is uh, psychological self-defense, uh, it's kind of a bridge to Mikyo or Mikyo, or not a Mikyo, Kuji, Kuji light kind of thing. Um, uh, so anyway, um, but what I want to do is, what I'm working on right now is putting together a kind of a free guide. I know, free, Ooh, more free stuff. Um, but a free guide for um, who I think are the people that engage with what I'm doing uh, much better. Okay. But what I'm really looking for are like uh, the things that would, would be the most significant. So I have two questions, right? And you can either answer now through comments or you can shoot us an email uh, comment later, whatever. We'll try to get caught up on all these things. Um, but the first one is really kind of wrapped around uh, my recognition, again, you know, knowing human beings, right? It's why well, say he was able to do what he was able to do, um, part of what I'm, you know, still working on with all this stuff. But um, people tend to not, 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 not act, right? People act. And those of you who've gone through the Mikyo and pre-Mikyo uh, studies, this is like lesson zero, right? Um, people tend to act uh buy things, enroll in things, make choices, whatever, based on one of two uh things. One is um, to increase the positive, right, to gain happiness, some kind of benefit or whatever that makes them, I'm just going to pare it down to happy, right, and that could just mean that Right, They've got more skills, they've got more power, they can produce success easier, they're skilled in a certain realm, whatever, that's still, you know, whatever, right? If we stop and, and ask the question, or we think about things that we've said or we've heard other people say, right, if I could just have that thing, then I'd be happy. If I could just get this, then I'd be happy, right? Uh, whatever, okay? So the other side of things is to avoid pain, to avoid the negative, which if I'm avoiding it, then I'm at least maintaining a level of comfort or happiness. Okay. So, uh, here's the thing, right? What is it that you think this training gives you or does for you that allows you to maintain, sustain, or gain more happiness, more power, more, however you define that. Okay. So that's question number one. I know it a really long one. However, there's that one. Okay. The second one is really based around the fact that I have two primary things, a third one in my head at the moment of uh, a a guide that I want to put out for long-distance people that are trying to learn this art, but they don't have a teacher in their area, right? So what I really want to do is put out something that at least gets the ball rolling and gives them something that can help them be more successful in their attempt at learning or mastering or whatever, right? Needed to long distance, right? So I'm going to toss out a couple and if none of them match, let me know that as well, right? But if they do, or they're in the ballpark, um, which one sounds like it would be uh, the one that you would that don't, don't tell me that, one is one, but you only click on things because it's freaking free and you're just going around gathering free shit. But it's just going to sit on your, uh, you know, your hard drive. But you got that free thing. Right. So the first one, and I don't know the number yet because I'm going through because I've always been a long distance student. Right. And here's the thing. The thing that I don't think most people get. Right. Um, I never had a home dojo. I started the dojos. okay. So I've always been long distance from my teachers. Minimum nine hour drive. Maximum halfway around the planet. OK, so uh I think I'm uniquely positioned to be able to help people in that same kind of condition. Be able to get. Well, I don't know that I can get you to dai shihan, but I can get you to at least a first and second degree black belt, if not farther than that. But, uh, you know mastering needs to as a long distance student, uh, been there, done that, left over all the hurdles, right. Um, including spouses that don't understand and family and money and all kinds of issues. Right. So option one that, uh, got percolating in my head is, uh, my fill in the blank with, I'll come up with a number of steps at the moment. I'm just going to throw in the word, Are the number seven, right? So my seven-step guide to uh, or checklist to, um, you know, mastering ninjutsu as a long-distance student, okay? Um, Two, um, a free guide or uh, lesson for uh, how to set up a training area when you don't have a dedicated area or room to train. And I, at the moment, my brain glitched. And I can't remember the third one. So those are the two are either one of those, either one of those sound attractive enough that if I gave you a checklist of things, right. Um, that here's how, here's the things that I did, right. No dojo in my area. The, the only time there's ever been a dojo in my area is I, I opened it. I started it. Same thing, training group, whatever. Okay. Um, that or the how to set up a training area when you don't have the area to try uh, the space to train. Uh, we'll give you a couple minutes for this and then we're gonna have to wrap things up because I think we got like two minutes before we gotta wrap this up. But either way, James, any, any answers coming in? Any, anything? And while, while we're waiting for those, I'll one more time remind everybody. This Wednesday coming up, February 28th, from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, I am doing a Foundations of uh, Shuriken Mastery uh, workshop. It's only a two-hour workshop, focusing on the Hira Shuriken, specifically the four-pointed uh, Shuriken. Uh, I don't know that we're... I mean, I have some Senban, and we'll talk about it a little bit. That was a secret weapon of the Togakure school. But specifically the four-point Shuriken, why less points equals more. Uh, Togakure tended to use the four-point and the three-point shuriken um we're going to do some things with throwing handheld all that kind of stuff breaking the uh breaking people of the habit of thinking of the shuriken like a damn frisbee right um like they're going to be standing in one place and throwing it at something that's stationary uh, whatever right and going into those um uh, that's Again, this one coming up, if you, again, if you go to OnlineNinjaAcademy.com forward slash events, it's the first event listed, right? Uh, there's a virtual option, there's a live option. Virtual option is a little bit cheaper because you don't get the practice throwing stars that I'm including for those, uh, who are live. But, uh, everybody that, uh, registers will be getting a, uh, a digital copy of my shooting training manual, which goes into things a little bit more deeply. Um, and then April, uh, April, April 26th, 27th, 28th is our spring camp. That is the second event that's down. Uh, and there's also a link to a dedicated page that goes into things a little bit more deeply, uh, um, for those who want more than just a quick outline. But there are some topics listed. What's not listed on there are the breakout sessions that, uh, guest instructors will be doing during that weekend, uh, as well. Right? And right now, if you enroll before the end of the month, uh, before March 1st, uh, there's a 30% discount on things and there is a payment plan.
1: So there's that.
0: Okay. Back to you, James.
1: Okay. Trinity said yes to both. And That's Dave. <laughs> and Dave said training area guide is always helpful. I have my own ideas, but I know there are maybe better ones you would have. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> uh, is that it? That's all we have. That's it, right now. All right.
0: Yeah, you guys can, uh, you know, shoot uh, emails or whatever. For those of you who are listening, audio only, and you're not on Facebook or you're not, you know, on a platform that uh, you can do those kind of things, um, we we find it very very difficult to track down all of the even the even the main ones that we have listed uh, to look at comments or whatever. And we probably should, James. We probably should put that on our list to at least look at that stuff once a week, at least Spotify and Pandora and stuff to see if anybody's leaving anything. But, uh, you can shoot an email to warrior C at warrior dash concepts dash online.com. Uh, just in the, in the subject field or whatever, just put, um, uh, training guide idea or something like that. So, um, and let us know what your, what your thing is. If there's something else, right. Um, A lot of you have been through other people's programs. You've seen other people's programs. You see other things that are out there, whatever. If if there's something that is missing that you would really wish was in some of these freaking programs. Right. Let me know what they are. Right. Because there might be a reason that they're not there because it doesn't. It's not a part of this art or it's not conducive. But it also might not be there because a lot of folks, you know, were training group or dojo, or they always flew off to seminars or whatever. Which, by the way, is one of the steps that'll will be in there. But um, either way, uh, but there, you know, if there's something that's missing that you really wish were a part of the frigging programs, or there's something that you really need, right? There's a there's a, a problem or a, uh, an obstacle or whatever that's really in the way. Um, Let me know those things, too. Right. Now, there's some that, you know, I'm not in the get rich quick scheme, you know, (laughs) business or uh, anything like that. But, uh, you know, you'll at least get an answer back from me, even if it's not something that I can turn into a full thing for a lot of people. Right. Anyway, that's what I have. Uh, Anything else, James, before we wrap this up? No, sir. Hey look, it's both of us. You're taller. Still, again. <laughs> anyway, alright. So, uh, that's it then. I guess we're gonna wrap this up, okay? So there's another one in the can. Uh, don't forget, two, two, uh, episodes, or two weeks from now, right? Not next Monday, but the Monday after that, uh, as long as I'm still alive, right? And we're still doing these things, then we will be, uh, doing something. I don't know what it is yet, but we'll be doing something for our 200th episode of Kuden. That will be cool. So hopefully you'll we'll join in, uh, I don't know. I don't know what we'll do, right? We'll fight off Koga Ninja, uh, or whatever, right? Which reminds me, I, I don't know if Victor's on or not, but Victor sent me a freaking joke just before, did you see it? He sent me a joke just before the freaking episode, uh, went live, right? Um you know how you're, uh, you had to tell if you're fighting the, uh, the enemy ninja? They're drinking Coca-Cola that was i just had to do the you know head slap freaking emoji and send it back to him but anyway all right and with that we will end this one on that note all right so i will talk to everybody again next time on kuden get more of kuden radio subscribe through your favorite podcasting site or join our clan of serious modern warriors at online ninja